Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Night Shadows. I'm Stuart Best. Where the paranormal is normal. Where that which you thought you knew, you didn't. And where the future can be known, if you know exactly where to look. Well, good evening, everyone. And we're going to have a roundtable discussion tonight with John Vandeventer. And he's... uh, Got another book out, I think, Relic 3, or it's soon going to be out. John, are you with us? Yes, I am, Stuart. How are you tonight? I'm doing pretty well. We got Larry on the other end of the world down there in the Southland. Hi, Larry. Hey, guys. Um, why don't we start with, on, on our Wednesday show, we got at the last end to talk about Barry Rothman's uh, Torah code, and it, it should be a good kickoff because it gets into the Nazis, it gets into the UFOs, it gets into uh, all that kind of stuff that we're we're supposed to be talking about tonight, and uh, I, I just think that would be a good way to start. Larry, do you want to enlighten us? I know it's on your website. Um, so people could go actually see it if they want want it. Um, can you enlighten us on all of that? Yeah, thank you, Stuart. Uh, for the people that want to look at it, you know, I've got Barry Rothman's link on my website, but my website today, LarryWTaylor.org, if you just go there, you can view that image that we're about to talk about. You can also view... Uh, giant standing on a mountain in Mexico that we'll talk about later, and also a very strange anomalous container uh, on the back of a truck uh, that we'll talk about later. You can read all You can see all that on my blog. So if people want to just go to LarryWTaylor.org, they can glance at that and know what we're saying. But ironically, uh, of course, everybody probably already knows by now what occurred on uh, August the 8th, 2022, and that was the FBI's uh, armored-up raid, 30 agents or more, that went on for 9 to 10 hours. I've listened to some of Trump's attorneys on the length of time. And the the monstrous overreach that our government has decided to promote against the people of this country and the Constitution. But here we are. And, and I guess uh, Barry Rothman, the very minute... Uh, that happened, you know, he, he went into a code and he, he posted it August 10th, uh, 2022. And ironically, he titled it Nazi raid on Trump. Now he has something to back that up with, and I'll get to it in just a minute. There's, there's even, I mean, eight phrases or words in this matrix of this code that he ran. And basically he wanted to see if the Trump raid, if the Torah had embedded it when it was written for a future time. And so anyway, he made this comment, though. He says, the date, August 8, 2022, will go down in history like 9-1-1-2001. It was the day the Nazi 
Fourth Reich in America felt secure enough in control of our government to storm President Trump's house in Florida. Now, with that being said, and that's a pretty interesting comment, and it's so odd, I find, and this is just me talking here, but it's so odd that I find that so many of the Torah codes in the last couple or three years, the Reich or Fourth Reich has literally been embedded in those codes. Everything that we're searching, it seems like the Reich or the Fourth Reich is tied into it. And that dovetails into a lot of Michael Sala's work and, well, I can't even name all the people that's that's whistleblowing about this. But anyway, uh, here, here's the wording, and I, you know, I'll give this to you, and I'll give it back to you. Uh, number one, Trump raided. Number two, innocent. Number three, Ray. Number four, Nazi. Number five, UFO. Number six, President of the Earth. Number seven. The wicked deserves to be beaten. Number eight, guess who? Obama. What do you think? Go ahead, John. What do you think of that? <laughs> well, it sounds like he's spot on. I mean, it sounds like a bullseye to me. Um, wow. Yeah, I, I've, I've uh, Larry and I have talked, and he's wanting to introduce me to that man, and I, I can't wait. I'm trying to get this, this uh, Relics 3 book out, and I really haven't had time, but... Yeah, the stuff he comes up with on those is just beyond interesting. It, it, it's uncanny how he ties those things together and finds those. Well, it's kind of like, uh, how do I word this? Uh, what What is really interesting to me on this whole thing is why they would do such a thing. And if you go into the protocols of the elders of Sion, not Zion, but Sion, you will find that they want to drive a wedge, a huge wedge between the people and the government. That's the plan. That's part of the agenda. The object being to do this to such a point that the people rise up. And then uh, if you do some research on this, it's it's called destabilization. And if you look up the word destabilization, it means you you render the government basically so it can't operate properly. That's how the communists have always done it. We are under a communist uh instigated destabilization process. And uh China is deeply involved in this. Uh, the United Nations is deeply involved in this, and uh, I think this whole thing, when we get down to it, is to provoke the people. And we're already seeing a lot of rhetoric. In fact, here's something that Barry said about the code. He said, the FBI is not the only force in our government that's out of control, but along with the IRS, that is about to be expanded by an additional 87,000 more agents will only serve all corruption in our government. They are the best place to start in an effort to drain the swamp. Well, of course, Trump never drained the swamp. He added people to it. Uh, 
willingly or not doesn't really make any difference. Innocent or not doesn't really make any difference. What is, is. However, know this. On the matrix above, the term UFO touches Trump-rated. Trump supposedly wanted to disclose their presence on Earth but listen to their pleas, and this is the alien pleas, to continue the cover-up. This was a near-fatal mistake. The UFO cover-up is at the core of the rot in our government because it allows the Fourth Reich, enabled by Operation Paperclip way back in 1947, to continue its Nazi infiltration and control of everything our nation does. And, of course, he's talking about the Fourth Reich. So um, my take on this, Trump is innocent of what they raided for. I believe they've planted. The the FBI, uh, Garland or whatever his name is, is so corrupt. These people are totally corrupt. And now he's coming out saying, well, you know, there might be some uh, nuclear stuff down there. We've got to get a hold of it. If there is any nuclear stuff down there, it was planted there, probably in the White House, so that Trump's people, when they packed up, you can't tell me Trump packed it up. Uh, presidents don't pack up their stuff. Other people do it. They could have planted any number of things. It's just going to backfire. But this is what they want, I I believe. There's two things you can look at this. One, they're out to exterminate Trump, i.e. assassinate. And I've got some articles about that we can talk about. Or two, this whole thing is to get the people so upset that they bring Trump back to so-called clean the house. Uh, and really drain the swamp. This is what the people want. So this is going to get a very, very interesting. The name Ray, of course, is FBI, totally out of control. Nazis is very interesting, and UFO, um, because if you go into the Antarctica, you go into uh, where the Nazis theoretically went to the moon, uh, and on and on it goes. And then it says, President of the Earth. And it's tied to Trump. And it's also tied to Obama, which is very, very interesting, because I believe Obama and Trump are both sides of the same coin, not necessarily because they want to be or even know it. But if you go to Israel, what do you find? Two messiahs, Donald Trump, and Barack Obama. And remember that Israel has to go in to this uh, period of uh, restitution called Daniel's 70th week. And uh, one of the things about President of the Earth, there was a uh, cover on the, uh, I can't remember, I think it's the economic... Uh, magazine of the CFR and the CIA and whatnot. And it has a picture of Donald Trump sitting on the earth. And it says, uh, President of the Earth, right on the cover. 
So is this a, a way to bring Trump back? And would this be part of a strong delusion? I don't know. What do you think, guys? Well, what's what's interesting to me is is the fact that, uh, and and by the way, uh, I don't know if you've heard it or not, but they're about to put up. You remember that uh, portrait that Obama sat in a chair in the greenery yes. and all kind of embedded stuff in it. They're about to put that up on one of the walls of the White House, Obama. So yeah, that had some Satan kind of a, and a snake in it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And they're they're about to put this up in the White House, is my understanding. I read the article the other day. And, by the way, Obama also, about a year ago, was on some type of magazine. I can't remember the name of it now, but he was the whole face cover of that magazine. And, and let me read this to you. I don't want to take up much time, but I want to read you something that may dovetail into this and get you guys' opinions on it. Uh on the night, now this happened August the 8th, the raid. On August the 9th, uh, and I think I sent you a copy, uh, John, and, and I may have sent you one too, uh, Stuart, but Doug Hagman interviewed on the Hagman Report uh, Standeo. And Standeo, basically, Doug Hagman was beside himself because of this raid. He couldn't even hardly talk. He couldn't even hardly introduce Standeo. And then Standeo came in, and then Stan, it was a part one and part two, but in the beginning it, it had a title, A Nation in Peril, What Happens Next? Now, this is what Stan said. I made some notes here real quick. And uh, and I, I have personal knowledge, and, and Stuart, I think Stan told us on your show one time, where he didn't hear about a Hopi prophecy. He went to the Hopi elders, and he met with them and spent days there, and they yes. spent much uh, a elongated time ex- explaining to him some of the unwritten prophetic stuff towards the end time of America. And so he he's bringing this forward. And he said, number one, he said, I want to tell people, he said, all, all FBI today are all deep state. He said, uh, he said, this Trump raid set the motion forward into the civil war in America. It has started. Now, you may not see it happening in your face at this moment, but it's in process. Yes. And he said, the civil, he said, the civil war is upon us. Martial law is coming quickly. And then he said this. Now, he said, this is the Hopi prophecy. And he said, when the Hopis told me this, he, I asked them when. And the Hopis said, kind of like they do prophetically, soon. And he said, I can't <laughs> describe soon, no, even you know, and I can't describe soon in the Bible, but soon is soon. And so a few days down the road, he says this. And he said this on the program on the 9th. He said, uh... The U.S., and this is a Hopi, Hopi prophecy given to him in person, the U.S. will dissolve into civil war and martial law. Then Russia, China, and a Middle East nation, unnamed, will attack and invade America. Now, th- this is interesting because, Stuart, one thing he said, though, that was really strange uh you know, he basically, well, I'll finish up later, but I, I wanted to get y'all's opinions on that before I go any further. John. Well, um, you know, I'm looking at this Trump raid as, <laughs> to me, it, it, it's almost like they're trying to provoke people 
Um, I haven't heard of anything they found. I don't know of any reason why they should have done that. And uh, look what happened in the aftermath. We already had a guy, was it yesterday or the day before, that went to an FBI agency office somewhere with a in body armor and a, and a high-powered rifle, and they ended up, I guess they ended up killing him by the end of the day or whatever. And I'm all, you know, I'm, I worry about this stuff because, you know, both sides, right, left, conservative, liberal, we have, we have our wilder ones on the, you know, on the extremes. And it's like they're pushing, they're pushing buttons to get these people to, uh, to act. And, you know, when they act, you know, in a, uh, idiotic manner like this guy did yesterday you're not doing your side any good um yes we could very well be on the way to civil war if you look at it just take it at face value it's almost like we're in the preliminaries right now but that being said you know there still are constitutional options like a convention of states uh that might be able to save us but um and i don't you know i don't want to be the sounders doom and gloom but I don't see the United States of um, 2018 coming back. I mean, it's just uh, it just gets worse every day. I hope I'm wrong. I pray I'm wrong. But yeah, I think we're we're coming into a big change. And uh, you were talking sort about Donald Trump and uh, Barack Obama being two sides of the same coin. Um, I may lose some friends over this, but. Uh, I'm inclined to agree with you. I voted for Donald Trump twice, um, and I really expected him to do something. While he was in office, while he had the power to do so, um, when the uh, when it was obvious what had happened with the election, I when I saw him get on the plane and leave, you know, the day uh, Biden was was sworn in, I pretty. I, in fact, that was the last time I listened to the. Uh, Agman report. I just couldn't take the take the news anymore. And sometimes, honestly, I have to wonder. You know, he was so good as a businessman, and he was so good in government, making the country strong. But he just seemed to be ignorant with the people he trusted in high places. I yes. mean, just about everybody he brought in and trusted stabbed him in the back, or we think stabbed him in the back. And I'm not so sure that wasn't the. Uh, the, the whole intent anyway. Um, like I say, I may have a lot less friends tomorrow. I always <laughs> supported the man, but from what I've seen, none of this should have happened. And he he had the power to stop it, and he didn't stop it when he could. And now it's like coming back from the grave now. We're supposed to believe he's going to resurrect as president, and you got the QAnon people, you know, saying there's a plan, there's a plan, just wait on the plan. Well, what yeah. they're having people do is sit on their hands and do nothing instead of protest, instead of becoming activists. Everybody's, oh, there's a plan, you know, and this plan never seems to uh, to come to fruition. You know, they miss every date. They said something was going to happen, and um, I'm real suspicious. Uh, you know, I'm real suspicious of politics, period, now. I just absolutely am. Well, the politicians are corrupt or they aren't politicians. You can't go to Washington, even if you have the best of intentions. They're going to take you into the back room and tell you how things run. And if you defy that, well, 
All kinds of things can happen. Remember when Chuck Schumer told Trump, uh, well, the uh, intelligence agencies have, I don't know how many ways, he said, to get even with you. And, uh, oh, yeah. Remember that? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, it's It's just, I think it's a card game. I think they're playing us, all the American people. You go into the Protocols of Elders of Zion, you see what they had to say. You see what the United Nations is up to. The U.N. is deeply involved in this. Uh, It's called destabilization. People really should look it up. And what happens is they, they come in and they pit neighbor against neighbor, uh, Republicans against Democrat. Of course, we've always known that the Republicans and the Democrats are, are the same horse with a different color. It's all marching to this new world order. And uh, when George Bush said, well, we're going to bring in a new world order, uh, he wasn't fooling anybody. He was telling them the truth. That's what they're going to do. And how do they do it? Well, the United States, with its Bill of Rights and its Constitution, has to be destroyed. They have to be destroyed. Now, a lot of people don't realize that a U.N. police force is a martial law system. The United Nations is a martial law system. It's a communist system. So... When uh, Larry was talking about the Hopi and how we're going to be invaded, that's part of it because the United Nations under uh, Chapter 7 and Article, I think it's like 43, 44, something like that. People can look it up. I don't have it in front of me. Where the United Nations gives itself the right. And remember, the United Nations is communist. So this is all playing together, and uh, because they can, they have given themselves the right to come into any nation, and that includes the United States, with their UN peacekeeping forces, military forces of all types, Army, Navy, uh, Air Force, they have given themselves the right to get these uh, forces and invade the United States. And the reason they do it, they claim, is to stabilize the nation because America in its destabilization form is a threat to international peace and security. And so I think this is all part of that. Uh, I'm not saying Trump's planned it. He may have, may not. It doesn't really matter. What is, is. And uh, he's just being played probably uh, in some ways like a pawn. And they're setting one side, the conservatives, against the other side, the communists. And out of that will come the new world order and a whole new religion, a whole new economic system, the great reset of Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum. And there will be a one-world religion because they have to get rid of Christianity. And they have to get rid, actually, of Orthodox Judaism. They have a new religion sitting in the wings. And if they call, like you were mentioning, John, a constitutional convention, 
they already have the Constitution written. I have a copy of it. It's called the New States Constitution. It's communist to its core. But the way it's written, the people are going to go for it. And I think we're heading into, like Larry has said, the total breakup of the United States and the various factions and and um, what do you want to call them, whatever, you know, states get together and they form their own. And uh, who who was that over there in Norway, that uh, prophet who said, he's, Jesus told him how the United States was going to break up in what, four or five regions, Larry? Yeah, that was uh, Anton Johansson was his name, and that was about 100 years ago. And the book, it's an old book. I think you've got a copy, and and I know I've got one and others. But uh, anyway, he said that Jesus came to him in person and told him about a second civil war in America and how bad that it would be, much, much worse than the first civil war, and that uh, certain states would group together, and they would wind up being like nation states, if you will, and there would be three or four of them, and they would be against uh, Washington. They would leave Washington. They would leave. In other words, uh, it's the end of the United States of America, but I think we're already past that point now. There is no yes. United States of America. We're already divided so much that uh, some states are already planning and working at uh, separation, and that seems to be coming. Yes. Yeah, I think so. It's it's uh, amazing. And you know what they're doing with the Great Reset? This is another part of the destabilization process and the food shortages and the engineered droughts in some cases, which people just don't believe. We have the technology. Like you guys down there were in a heat bubble. Well, they can do that with their advanced technology. They can create heat bubbles. They can destroy the United States. Who's they? The big wheels, the ones who run everything on planet Earth, the rich men of the Earth, Psalm 2. Uh, We keep coming back to Psalm 2 and how the rich men of the Earth, the leaders, the rulers, all get together against the Lord, against his anointed. And the Lord laughs at them and he says, I'm going to vex you in my wrath. And he says, he tells the people, uh, the rich men of the earth, all of them, that includes Charles Schwab and uh, uh, Klaus Schwab, rather, and uh, Bill Gates, Biden, all the people behind all this, deep state, global deep state, the police people, kiss the sun, lest he be angry and you perish from the way. And this is where we are. We're right in the middle of also Jeremiah's ruler against ruler. Larry and I have mentioned that a number of times. I don't think we ever expected it to get like this, did we, Larry? I mean, this is really starting a huge breakup. Well, we talked about that uh, years ago when we were reading in Jeremiah, and really I think we locked onto that. When Y2K came about, and remember we were talking about the rumor in the land maybe was Y2K, and mm-hmm. then we began to lock on this ruler against ruler, and but we, at the time we first clicked onto it, we never had any idea the depth of ruler against ruler. Exactly. Yeah. 
John, I don't know if you're familiar with that, but it's in um, Prophecies Against America that we would uh, break up, and it's uh, actually it's states against the feds, it's governors against governors, it's military. It, it goes throughout the entire government. It's a breakdown, a disintegration. And that's what destabilization does. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I'd like to add that book to my library. I'm not familiar with it, but um, heck, by the time I get my hands on it, it may all be old news. (laughs) No, that's Jeremiah, what, 50? Is it Stuart? Yep, Jeremiah 50. Oh, you're talking about the Bible? Okay. Yeah, the Bible. I'll write that down now. I thought you were talking about that book from the gentleman in Norway. No. I have a copy Larry sent me a long time ago. I don't happen to have it in front of me, but uh, it, it's just fascinating how they intend to destroy the United States from within, destabilize it to the point that we're fighting each other. And it doesn't matter if the people rise up, if the governors start fighting, the feds, it's, it's going to disintegrate, and that's what they want. Right. And uh, then the United Nations, or we get invaded, and that would be a United Nations invasion anyway, that would give the U.N. the right. And the United Nations is, without question to me anyway, the fourth beast of Daniel. If you read the parameters, the description of this fourth beast, the final beast power upon earth, the United Nations fits Every single description given, and it's done exactly as the Daniel said it would, and it, it's a treaty power organization. There's, we have never seen anything in world history like the United Nations. I've done a lot of research you know, on it recently. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say real quick, uh, and it recently, and I've shared this on one show, I think, uh, but I was literally shocked because, uh, you know, you do get a lot of flack, Stuart, for talking about <laughs> Babylon or ever even mentioning that name. And uh, oddly enough, you know, I watch War Room, uh, America's Voice News, every morning with Steve Bannon. And Steve, everybody knows who Steve Bannon is. As a matter of fact, they're trying to put him in prison even as we speak. And he's already said on his show uh, the other morning, he said, I'll probably go to prison They'll probably put me there, he said, but I don't care. This show won't never shut up. And so with that being said, I was really shocked the other day, and I mentioned it to you, Stuart, and I wanted to see if you wanted to say anything on it on the show. Uh, Steve Bannon, a source that said what we're watching, and he's talking about what's coming out of Washington and, and uh, New York at the present time, all of this, he said, we're watching the Babylon Beast. Now, I never thought I'd hear Steve Bannon say that. Yeah. Well, if you study prophecy and you do it carefully and you cross-compare, the United States of America is Babylon the Great. New York City is the great city, Babylon, where the United Nations sits. Jesus said a long time ago, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be. Well, there was ancient Babylon, and within that nation of Babylon was a great city. And within that great city was the Tower of Babel, Babel. 
Well, what do we got? Even the Hopi called it the, the Tower of Micah. And it's the Tower of Babel all over again in the great city. Well, no, 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 that can't be possible. It's Rome. Oh, no, 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 that can't be possible. That's, uh, that's Iraq or it's Iran or whatever. They will not accept the truth just exactly as the biblical prophets said they would not. Having itching ears, they turned their ears away from the truth and are turned unto lies and fables and deceptions and delusions. And that's where we are. The American people, by and large, absolutely will not ever realize who America is in prophecy. Although the parameters, it's like 144 parameters, all well laid out by the Lord, United States of America is the only nation in the entire world that fulfills every single one of them. Rome does not. It doesn't even come close. The EU does not. It does not even come close. Iran or Iraq or Persia does not even come close to the parameters. And yet people absolutely refuse that identification. Why? Because they don't want it to be true. It's not that it isn't true. They are in, what do they call that, cognitive dissonance, where you can present fact after fact after fact after fact, and they will deny all of it. I went through that with a uh, pastor, laid out the whole thing, and we were talking about Daniel and the four beasts, and, of course, they have the ancient uh, concept of what that is. And I pointed out to him that's not possible. These are not ancient powers. The angel of the Lord says they are not ancient powers. They're modern powers. Well, anyway, we come to the end of this thing, and he closed up the book, and he had agreed all the way through as I was pointing stuff out. And then at the end, he says, well, it doesn't really matter. The old interpretation is the correct one and got up and walked out. <laughs> what do you do with people like that? And here he is, a pastor, teaching his congregation. He's lying to them. Just like the Bible says, they're deceived and they're deceiving others. If you're in a deception, you don't know you're in a deception. Because if you realize you're in a deception, you're going to get out of it. It's like deprogramming, like they do with cult groups, which I've been called a cult for a long time. I've never understood how I can be a cult when I ask people to read their and study their Bibles by themselves. I guess you're a cult if you tell people to do that. And on and on and on it goes. I'm so used to this stuff that I just, you know, it frustrates you because you can present Fact after fact after fact doesn't matter. It's like this UN thing. I've put all of that out there. In fact, I just put up a blog a couple days ago, part one, and in part two, I'm going to prove it, what the UN says. People really need to read the UN charter, especially Chapter 7, where they give themselves the right to invade even the United States and take it over. Well, the U.N. is a communist operation from start to finish. So here we go. I believe this Trump stuff 
is part of the whole thing. They're trying, like uh, John said, they're trying to get the people to rise up. And once the shooting starts, that's not going to be good. I think they're ready for it. Uh, The Protocols of the Elders of Zion, these guys, these satanic brains, and that's what they are. They're inhabited by Satan's knowledge, uh, are brilliant. They have covered just about every avenue. You may remember, Larry and John, that Klaus Schwab said, we can bring this on any time we want. We can mandate it overnight. They can. That's the problem. They can. They have the power. Anyway, where else do we want to go with this? Well, I I kind of was wanting to uh, get into about some paranormal stuff here. I, I was going to ask John because he was on a recent radio show and released some information about an experience he had, and I think possibly, uh, you know, it was in Texas, and, and he talked about a UFO sighting and also a humanoid sighting. And at the same time we're talking about that, I wanted him to, uh, you know, now I posted on my blog today, and Stuart, I sent you the same stuff, a video <laughs> that showed a, what appeared to be a giant, and we can't prove it, but it appeared to be a giant standing on a mountain watching the traffic uh, go by in Mexico, and then also a container and, and, Stuart, you could describe that container if you wanted to, because you was really researching and looking at it closely. And, and I couldn't convey the sound. I know John heard the sound, but I, I couldn't capture the sound except on a telephone. Uh, but it sounded, if it sounded like anything I've ever heard, it reminded me of the raptors in Jurassic Park, if you remember that. Yes, yes. John, uh, go ahead with your experiences of late hello did did we lose John I think so Uh, John are you there hmm his phone may have dropped. Yep. Let me see if I can find him here. I got him on the bottom again. Hey, there I am. John. <laughs> can you okay, hear me? Yeah, we got you. <laughs> yeah, we got you back. I don't know what. Yeah, happened. it just started. You started talking, or Larry started talking, and it just started fading out and fading out, and then all of a sudden it just hung up. So, anyway, yeah, that happens. I call right back. But <laughs> sorry about it, that. It especially okay. happens when they don't want the people to realize what's really going on. <laughs> we get censored a lot. Right. <laughs> anyway, yeah, if, uh, if I was if I was on the phone with somebody I didn't want to talk to, the call wouldn't disconnect. <laughs> <laughs> okay, where were we? you were asking me, Larry, about what happened? Um, yeah, I was going to get you to comment, John, on uh, you recently were on a radio show where you released a little information about, a, I think it was in Texas, a uh, UFO sighting and a humanoid sighting. And then also I wanted to talk and get your opinion on, you remember the uh, video of the giant on standing on a mountain, if it's true, in Mexico, and also that, that while we're talking about paranormal, I'd like your opinion also on the uh, – 
I, I think you posted it on your Facebook page, uh, that container, that metal-looking container. Yeah, there was something... yeah, in fact, I posted a giant, too. But um, Okay, well, first on the UFO sighting, um, this was... Uh, this was kind of the beginning, I, you know, I've told people that not, you know, very little strange things have happened in my life until I started writing that first book and I started researching <laughs> and I, I don't know if I became more aware or what happened, you know, and uh, and meeting Monica who's spiritual and stuff. But, okay, the, the UFO thing, this was the weirdest thing, and I'm going to tell you the second part of the story is why I did not report it. Because it was the first thing I ever saw that I thought, wow, I cannot figure that out. I want to call MUFON or somebody and report it. So it was September 2017, and uh, we had a big, huge above-ground pool in the backyard. And we were still in Texas. It'd be, um, it was the fall before we moved up here to Oklahoma. And I would come home from work and clean the pool, and I'd done that that evening. I got in a little late and cleaned the pool and put chemicals and stuff in it. Well, Monica was asking me a question about something, so I swam over to where she was, and I was just kind of hanging on the edge. And since I was hanging on, you know, I was on my knees in the pool and kind of holding myself up on the edge, so I'm looking up at her, and there's a star behind her head, and it started wiggling. (laughs) I'm thinking I had chemicals in my eyes or something from cleaning the pool, so I wipe my eyes, and I look back up, and now it's actually moving, making a triangular um, circuit, just like three corners, and it's just zipping. And I, I'm like, Monica, Monica, turn around and look up quick, and I'm pointing. And by the time she turns around, she sees it, but when she gets turned around, the thing zips off to the west. I mean, it's just gone. It just zips like, you know, you see in a science fiction movie. And we were both just flabbergasted, so I'm thinking, okay, did I see that? So I look back to where I'd originally seen the object. And now I see this wing thing, and it didn't strike me as angelic or demonic or anything, it, but it did have wings, and it did have like a, a beige-colored um, gown of some type on, and it had a brown kind of triangular mask on its face. And, and the thing had to be above 2,000 feet, but it was like I could see everything perfectly. It was like I could make out mm. the details. And the the wings are the same color as the gown, and I'm just. Hello? <laughs> we may allow him him again. <laughs> yep. Okay. Well, they don't want him talking for some reason. Well, probably not about that, because if you remember, Darnett, you know, saw a winged creature, too at her mother's yes. house one time, and it, when it left, it absolutely shook her car. I mean, it was. she got a good look at it, and uh, she said it looked like it had the wings of a bat, but it had the face of a bird, kind of like the ancient Egyptian yes. petroglyphs, yes. I guess. Okay, I think we got him back. <laughs> Hi, John. Okay, I'm back. I don't know what's <laughs> going on with like my phone. Sorry. Talking. <laughs> This is funny. I guess not because I've had it on the charger all day, so it's got a full charge. I don't know why. <laughs> Evidently, this story doesn't want to be told. So I, um, like I say, it dissipated, and I did not talk about this for years. I mean, we moved up here and it had the Sasquatch sighting, and I'm just thinking, man, life's weird. I don't want to talk about it. And then about 
two years at the Sasquatch Society, and I decided, you know what, I'm I'm going to start speaking about this because, you know, it happened, and I'm just, you know, maybe somebody will have some answers. So I, uh, but I sat on that UFO story the whole time because when when that thing with wings appeared, it just got really weird, and you know, I just I didn't know what was going on, what I was seeing, why I was seeing it. And then last uh, August, I had a UFO sighting here, and it was. I've seen photos and it, of others that look exactly like what I saw because I went for a search after I saw it, but it, it was back in August, and we were having a, uh, a uh, meteor shower that night. And I was out watching the meteors, and they were all green or gold, you know, kind of a whitish gold, and it was pretty. I'd see one a couple every few minutes. And then I saw this orange football-shaped thing cruising to the south of me, and it and it was going fast, but I had it in sight for about 15 seconds before it went behind some mountains, and it was like heading toward Broken Bow, Larry. Mm. And I thought, that's not a meteor. It's too slow. It didn't really have a tail, and it, it wasn't dropping in altitude. It was in level flight, and I don't know why, but I just got the distinct impression that it had intent. It was like it was moving with intent. And there was no noise or anything like that, and I lost it over the mountains here to the south of my house. So that I did call MUFON on and gave them a report, and they took a, you know, they made a report and, you know, put it on their website and all that. And and then a lady, a nice lady called me from um, the Oklahoma chapter, and she said, well, there was an Airbus, I forget what model she said, in the vicinity of that, did you could that have been it? And I told her, no, ma'am. Um, you know, I've been watching airplanes since I was a little kid. I've spent 16 years in the Air Force. So, you know, I know what airplanes look like at night, and this was no no airplane. And so we finished up our report, and she called me back a few days later, and you know, told me what she had posted. And she said, "Have you had any more sightings ever?" And I was like, well, yeah, <laughs> and and I said, I really don't want to talk about it, though, and she said, well, I, you know, it would help us if, if you would tell me where, and I said, well, it was in northeast Texas, and I told her basically what I told you guys, and I, you know, I was waiting for her to tell me, okay, thank you, you're nuts, or, but she said, that is reported, that's a common um, occurrence. She said, people mm-hmm. are seeing things like that in conjunction with UFOs now, Um you know, I, I was pretty excited just to see this light zipping around us. <laughs> and then I turned to the left and I see this other thing that was right where it had been. And uh, anyway, so when she told me, no, you know, you, it's okay to talk about that. People are seeing them. So I started kind of letting that, that cat out of the bag, too. So anyway, there you go, Stuart. <clears throat> That's the story. Oh, uh, well. I I haven't really said much about it, but I was out playing with my big puppy dogs, and uh, I was laying down on the lawn playing with them. They were huge dogs, like 250 pounds, you know, big, big puppies. And I happened to look up, and I saw this silver disc. It looked like a Hainabu. In fact, I think it was a Hainabu from the Fourth Reich, Third Reich. And it just sailed along in an, in the, in the blue sky. Never made a sound. Probably covered the. Uh, when I picked it up, uh, probably halfway already across where I could see. 
But it would, took about maybe 10 seconds, and it was gone. But I know what I saw, and I'm positive it was one of these Hainabus. It was shaped exactly like the Hainabu. Uh, are you familiar with those, John? I know Larry is. Uh, yes, sir. You know, you're, you're, uh, you're killing me tonight. You keep bringing up my third book. <laughs> uh, yeah, Relic <laughs> 3 is going to have the Hainabu in it. Um, lots of Third Reich stuff. Uh, Operation Paperclip, as we discussed earlier. Um, even touched a little on uh, the Russian version of Paperclip. Uh, what was it? Osavakiyam, I believe. I, I don't speak Russian. So, um, yes, and a, and a Fourth Reich. And yeah, it's you just keep you keep hitting these little nails that are all in that book. <laughs> I'm I'm enjoying <laughs> listening to you talk tonight. So I think I think if I have one book fan on that on that on that uh, chapter of relics, it'll be you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a, it's a, it's incredible. They have had this stuff now for a long time. Are you familiar with the movie Iron Sky? No, I've oh. never seen that movie. No. You want to you want to go get it. It is uh, about the Third Reich. It's about uh, the uh, secret Nazi space program, and they um, inv- uh, evaded the destruction by fleeing to the dark side of the moon. In this movie, it's kind of a parody. It's kind of a comedy, but there's so much truth in it. And they intended well, to build this gigantic space uh, program and come back and retake the return as the Fourth Reich. Folks, if you haven't seen Iron Sky, you can get it on Amazon. If you're a member of what do they call I don't know what they call it. But if you Prime. are, yeah, if you're a Prime member, you can get it for free. And I advise people well, to watch it. do it if I can. Um, let me recommend a book for you if you're into that, Hitler's Flying Saucers by Henry Stevens. Um, I've been using it for this third book as a reference, and uh, it's pretty interesting. follows along the same lines. and um, I like that fleeing to the dark side of the moon, and I'm afraid in Relic 3, though, they only fled as far as Antarctica, but we'll get to that when the book's out. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Larry. What else yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna, I was gonna ask John to, uh, you know, of course you've seen it, Stuart, and I let you hear it on my phone, the scream coming from this container. John, you posted it on your uh, Facebook page, I think. What, what do you, what do you think that was? That that sounded like a raptor. It reminded me of Jurassic Park, <laughs> one of those movies. Well, you know what I think it was? I think it was something they don't want us to see because. <laughs> You weren't getting a peek at whatever it was making that fuss, but yeah, that's a big container on a big truck, and that thing is um, bouncing around. I have no idea what could be in there, but you know, maybe like you say, maybe a raptor. Um, I don't know if there there was some kind of life support hooked into that container, like fresh air or air conditioning, because. If it was recent in the summertime, you think just being in that metal container yeah, would was... uh, kill whatever's in there. But well, it sure put it in a bad mood anyway. I've never seen anything like that—the way that thing's bouncing around in the well, noise when you, coming out. When you look at the size of the tires, now truck tires are what three and a half, four feet. 
high. If you walk yeah. up to a big truck tire, it's about three and a half, four feet. So if you take that, the tire size, and you apply it to that container, it's about 14 to 15 feet high and very, very wide. It's circular. It probably had a breathing uh, area on top. And whatever it was in there, you can see it pounding on the side. You can literally see that metal move as well as it's bouncing off, almost off the truck. I mean, if I don't know why they didn't have it chained down a little better, but I did hear the one guy say, uh, well, I hope it doesn't get out. So I don't know what you they know, were. You would think. It, whoever's transporting something like that, you you would think they wouldn't leave that truck any place long, you know, with that thing on there. Um, in fact, I would, you know, if I was moving something like that and didn't want anybody to know, I would stage uh, just swapping out tractors, you know, wherever, you know, instead of stopping at a truck stop and allowing somebody to film this thing, I would just, you know, a uh, rest stop or something, you have another truck waiting and they, you know, you disconnect from the trailer, the new cab disconnects to it and continues on. But, yeah, that, that's a bizarre piece of film. I have no idea what's in there, but it could be anything. Like you say, Larry, it could be a Raptor. Uh, who knows what's in there? It could be it some sure kind of government experiment that's gone bad. You just don't well, know. Well, that was my first thought, that what they were doing was they captured something that escaped. I've heard a lot of stories about what's going on underground in these underground facilities and how they are already, you know, even the South American governments were complaining to the CIA about these creatures you're developing. And, uh, of course, the CIA immediately said, we're not doing anything. But uh, we've had so many reports. What did they call those things, Larry? I've forgotten. Those creatures down there in South America. Uh, you're talking about long, oh, chupacabras. Yes. Yeah. And the government of, oh, several of the governments in South America accused the CIA of making these things. Folks, you have no idea how advanced uh, this stuff is in uh, CRISPR technology, DNA. Uh, Jurassic Park may be far more real than people realize. And if they start releasing this stuff, uh, like the uh, Hopi said, all of the old creatures were going, not all of them, but the old creatures, they said, was were going to come back. Well, I don't know how they're going to do that, but we do have some weird, weird sightings. I've mentioned the Thunderbirds, and there's been a number of reports about the Thunderbirds and pterodactyls, and I know about the pterodactyls because I went down to uh, Paluxy Riverbed with a very wealthy friend who invited me to look at those dinosaur tracks, and uh, he was approached by a guy down there to finance an expedition down in South America because they wanted to catch some of these pterodactyls. And... Uh, uh, there was an investigation, I saw it on TV, where they went down there, and uh, there were reports, you know, of them carrying off children and whatnot. 
they're very big. Pterodactyls are very nasty bird. And uh, Larry, you you had a incident, or your wife did, about a leather winged creature. Yeah, right? that's uh, <laughs> it's really strange because this occurred in Broken Bow, Oklahoma. Uh, my wife had gone to visit her mother there, and she came out to get in her pickup to leave, and she said. As she got in and started to shut the door, something was standing there looking at her, and it was tall. It was dark. It was dark. She said the wings looked leathery, leathery or like bat-like, and said that it was. Uh, it had the face, what appeared to be of a bird, kind of like the Egyptian uh, petroglyphs, you know, and and some of the yes. Egyptian stuff where they'd have a bird face man or whatever. But anyway, she said uh, she just sat there in shock and said when that thing lifted its wings up and it left the ground, the gust from its wings slammed her door. And if she hadn't had her leg in the door, it hit so hard it probably would have broke her leg. But that was right there. That was in her face. And, Stuart, I was going to tell people if they want to go to my blog, today's blog, uh, they can look at that container because it's there, and then that other picture of a giant on top of a mountain, they can look at them there. And also... uh, uh, I don't know if you want to share it, uh, John, but uh, John Vandeventer's, uh his Facebook page has a lot of this material as is. I mean, it's right up front. You want to share that, John? Yeah, actually, um, it's my Relic group on Facebook, um, Relic book series group, and all you got to do to join is show up, <laughs> kind of like the draft. But, uh, yeah, I've got both those videos posted in there. Yeah, it's weird. There's a lot of weird stuff going on. Here's one for you guys. A strange panic has swept over a city in Mexico as residents have taken to painting white crosses on their front doors in order to ward off what is believed to be a supernatural shapeshifter. According to the reports, a peculiar situation began Two weeks ago, when multiple people in the community heard a series of mysterious sounds, which did not seem to have come from a person nor an animal. Shortly after that, more residents began hearing the puzzling noises, and many came to believe that the cause of this commotion was a particularly pernicious entity uh, from Mexican folklore. Um, anyway, it's a community where traditional beliefs are still strongly held. Residents have come to suspect that a supernatural being known as the Nagul is the source of the noises. Legend has it that it is such a mischief, um, mischievous entity, they are able to shapeshift into any different animals at night and can cause great misfortune to any humans they encounter. Larry, doesn't that sound like, what do they call those things out there in the West? The Hopi and uh, the Native Americans, are, they even have special uh, police to investigate. Yeah they, yeah, they call those skinwalkers. Uh, the Native Americans call, talk about them witches or skinwalkers, you know, shamans that can shapeshift or are spirit beings, and, and they're, uh, especially the Hopi and some of those police forces uh, actually combat. They actually do 
supernatural and spiritual combat in trying to track these things down or, or stop them uh, from operating. So it's really intriguing. I'm, I think John's familiar with that because they put some of this, I believe, on YouTube, didn't they, John? Yeah, yeah, they did. Um, <laughs> What's your take? There's a uh, – um, you know what, Larry? We need to post the uh, the Navajo Rangers video. H- have you seen that? Yeah, it's, it's great. About, I think it's about – yeah, you know, that would be something to post for the listeners of your show. They can probably – I think I'm going to try and put it on my relics page, and I'll send you a link if you want to think about putting it on your uh, on your your website. But mm-hmm. that's one of the more interesting uh, paranormal um, videos I've ever seen. The investigations these guys do, and and they're professional law enforcement officers. They happen to be, you know, um, of the Navajo tribe, and that's one of the most compelling videos I've ever seen on on things they've investigated and. And the stories they have. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, it's almost like and also on that ranch. on the this. Go this, ahead. Yeah. Mark. Well, yeah. I think I think the Skinwalker Ranch is in the Navajo Nation. I'm not sure. Um, if it isn't, it's close. That I forget, Larry, which tribe it is that the Navajo um, we're at war with most of the time. Um, one or the other, those uh, started the Skinwalker thing, the Skinwalker curse. What I did want to ask you guys: Do you have any knowledge on the story you were telling Stewart about the little village in Mexico? It wouldn't happen to be anywhere near where that giant was spotted on that mountain, would it? I'm not sure. It's uh, I can't. I'm not sure I'm pronouncing this right. It's C O C O Y O C is the name of the community. And uh, that's not the only, by the way, that's not the only video of a giant. There's several of them. In fact, there's three of them that I have personally seen taken by people who are driving or just happen to see them, and they're always on top of the mountain. They stand about 28, probably, to 40 feet tall. And um, I don't know whether these are the long walkers, that uh, Red Elk spoke of, uh, where he said they were locked basically underground, but that they were going to come out. And the book of Isaiah mentions that in one of the translations about the the giants, let not the giants live again. And uh, the the Lord was going to release these entities because mankind will not repent. In fact, this uh, celestial prophecy, I didn't get into that. Let me just read a little bit the, of this. The, Go ahead. Go ahead. The lady, uh, Jessica Jones, whose show I was on last Saturday, she brought up the giants, and um, she was talking about how they're having a lot of giant sightings all of a sudden. It's just they're popping up everywhere. Well, then they are loose. Yeah. Uh, well, again. you know, Stuart. Yes, uh, you know, the interesting thing about this, Stuart, is Steve Quayle and some of his earlier information, and I'm talking a few years ago when Red Elk went along with some of that data, remember when they were having these, what they thought was earthquakes, and then it was the whistleblower said no, uh, those giants or those long walkers are trying to break out, and we're using t- either tactical nukes or small nukes to try to, you know, barricade them 
in that and keep them in that area that they're trying to come up from. Remember that happening? Yes, absolutely. And uh, we have the reports from the military. Remember Steve Quayle about the special forces over in uh, Iraq, I think it was. Or Afghanistan. Afghanistan. I think it was Afghanistan, Kandahar, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, I mean, it was the giant of Kandahar. Yeah, and that was huge, I guess, and it killed a bunch of special forces people. And they finally killed it. And I, as far as I know, it's probably in the Smithsonian <laughs> Institution, buried somewhere. Well, they don't hey, want Stuart, this stuff out. Yes, go ahead. Yeah, let me give you a little addendum on that. Um, you know, I, I recently met L.A. Marzulli up here, and we did some research on Hevener and some filming on Hevener. And uh, L.A. told me that uh, inf- whistleblower information that he got after he researched what uh, I think Timothy Alberti and, and uh, Steve Quayle and some others were talking about in the, uh, the Giant of Kandahar, which they said they did bring it to America. However... The reason they've been trying to shut this up so much is the fact that that was not the only giant in that monstrous cavern or cave. There was more of them in it that went underground, and they're trying to keep it quiet. So that's what L.A. Marzulli had shared with me. Well, the Bible does indicate we're going to see all kinds of things. And uh, this lady called Celestrial, I'm not telling anybody to believe it, but she does talk about these giants and how tiny we are compared to these giants that are going to come again. And she also talks about uh, the, uh, well, we can go into here. She says, uh, perils, woes, disasters, devastations, desolations, signs of the end. The devil comes down to you in another skin, in another form. And, of course, you got Revelation 12, talks about that, Thessalonians, Strong Delusion, Book of Daniel, and remember Stan Dale's fantastic work on the Book of Daniel about the arrival. Anyway, it says, he appears before you saying, let us shake hands and be friends. He will call himself brother, savior, friend and many will receive him and be deceived by him many will believe the lying words and wonders that he will cause to multiply and populate on the corner all the corners of the earth so this is very very interesting because in Thessalonians it talks about lying signs and wonders that deceive the people of the earth that's what do you think, John? Is this the arrival? It well, it, like it, it could be. <laughs> it, it it does sound like it. I don't think there's a better explanation for it. Um, but yeah, it's you know that quote, um, as in the days of Noah, that you know Jesus made. So so will it be with the return of Son of Man? Um, yes, I mean. How many how many ways have they have they said that this is going to happen in the Bible and it could be happening and the reports aren't just in desert areas that there's reports out of Alaska Europe um, they're starting to be seen everywhere yeah I don't was, know where uh, they hide you would think it would be hard for one to hide somewhere but um, or maybe they're not hiding <laughs> who knows hey Stuart um, 
<laughs> yeah, go ahead, Larry. Yeah, I wanted to share real quick here. Uh, I recently stumbled upon a movie they had made a short time ago in Russia. And the name of it, if somebody wants to, it's on Amazon. I don't know if you can get a copy, but I did. And uh, it's called Attraction. Isn't that an interesting movie? And it's about an arrival. And and what's interesting, Stuart, is it's really well done. Shockingly, it's well done. And they speak English and uh, some Russian in it. But it's a Russian movie made in Russia, made in Moscow. And the the quick scenario of it is is that uh, – this this flying device of some kind, it, and it reminded me a lot, Stuart, of the movie Knowing. Remember those yes. wheels within a wheel? Well, this yep. thing is like a wheel within a wheel that rotates, and it it actually uh, the Russians hit it with some with some missiles and caused it to crash in Moscow. And the creatures that come out, one of them, uh, that you know, says that you know. They're your friend. It reminded me a lot of the, <laughs> if you remember the old black and white early movie of the 50, 50s called uh, When the Earth, uh, Earth Stood Still. Yes, yes. Uh, it, it's similar to that. But what's so funny, they're in a skit. They're in a, a they, they actually uh, u- utilize another skin or, or a uh, suit, some kind of suit that they wore. And oddly enough, they, they tell mankind that this is an accident. This wasn't meant to happen. We wasn't meant to crash here and make contact with earthlings. You're not ready yet, so we're going to get our craft fixed back up, and we're going to leave. But then there's also another uh, sequel that is their return. And so I, I just wanted to tell people what we're talking about. And this is in Russia. This was made in Russia with Russian actors, and it's really, really good. And it's it's titled Attraction, and there's a, so much in depth in it about an arrival. It's a, it's it's mind-boggling the time we're in. It really is, yeah. And the arrival, I think this lady has probably hit it right on the head. Here's another quote from her: "Before my coming, this will occur." Speaking about the Lord, of course. Strange beings coming in light, wrapped in light, carrying light, shall f- appear fully and openly to all mankind, speaking to each other in his mother tongue, speaking in strange languages, ancient languages, advancing kinship that is actually cursed and forbidden since the days of my servant Noah. This token of brotherhood is false. It is a lie. It's an abomination. It is cursed and forbidden in my holy word to engage with strange <laughs> flesh. Now, I'm sure, John, you've probably heard about these reports. In fact, they had it on TV a lot about these abductions where the women are yes. impregnated. Um, right. It's already happening, don't you think? Oh, yeah, it's happening. And you want to hear something uh, I found interesting? Uh, Absolutely. (laughs) A lot of people that suffer, well, it's probably old news to you, but a lot of people that have suffered these abductions by UFOs, um, the ones that have called out to Jesus Christ, the abduction immediately ceases. Stops. Right there. Yes. And, And... so what does that tell you? I mean, 
I'm not saying all all aliens are demons or or fallen angels. You know, there's a whole big universe out there God created. But whatever this is, um, calling on the name of Jesus seems to stop the process. And it, I've always found it interesting that if you take the modern day um, alien abduction and you compare it to a medieval uh, incubus or succubus attack, yes, yep. they're really similar, really similar. And it's like they're—it's almost like they're—they're they're designing their um, their intrusiveness or their uh, you know their assault on human beings. They disguise it in in a in a familiar in a thing that's familiar with civilization at that time and space or that that point in time. Like you know, now it's alien abductions. If you go back 500 years, it would have been a a devil or a demon or something like that. It's just like UFO sightings. Have you noticed, like, the initial UFO sightings, if you don't go all the way back biblically, but the ones that started in the late 1800s, it was always airships, like Zeppelins, things that were just out of our grasp to have. And it always seems that technology is just out of our grasp. You know, we're close, but we can't quite get there. And, and it just seems like we're being toyed with, you know. Well, yeah, I think, here's uh, anyway, that's that's a John Vanderbilt theory on UFOs. So. <laughs> let, let me let me bring up something here real quick that's really interesting to me because Stuart, you was reading it uh, from that woman, and you talked about original and ancient languages being spoken. Now, John, I don't know I don't know your intent particularly in in their first book, but but it's really I was so intrigued. I was so shocked when this Indian man, uh, this India, this Choctaw elder, actually, when his son was in danger, the chief of police in Tallahena was in danger of being killed by this giant, uh, this uh, relic. Uh, suddenly, that ancient man who studied not only Choctaw stuff, but he also studied the Bible, he spoke to that thing in ancient Hebrew, and it paused and listened to him and talked to him in Hebrew. You, you, you want to talk to us about that for a second? That that was so intriguing. Well, um, how that came about was Monica. <laughs> you know, the old story about our first date, I just uh, I was just about to send the book in for, uh, for uh, publication, and, you know, she had asked me what the book was about, and I'd kind of told her, well, it's about Bigfoot. I was expecting, you know, I was expecting to date the end early once I mentioned that. And she said, I've always thought if those things are real, they're a form of Nephilim. And at the time, I didn't know what a Nephilim was. been educated since. And um, my sister was reading the book as I wrote it, and she started screaming for a sequel. And I'm trying to tell her, hey, I'm about to shot all the Bigfoot um magic I got, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm out of ideas. And so Monica, you know, mentioned Nephilim and I started reading Nep- the Bible and Genesis and I went on and, you know, bought the book of Enoch and Jasher and got into that and, and not the whole hybrid situation. So that was really, um, that was one of the last things I put in the book. I added it in Larry, just to kind of pave the way for the two sequels so I can make it a trilogy. And that opened up the idea of the Nephilim and the Fallen Angels for books two and three. 
this ancient language business triggered a, a there was a book called Evil Fire Made to Burn and it was about this it's a true story isn't it Larry in fact you oh, had it, it absolutely it, yeah it's uh he used the name Dan Eden that was his pen name he didn't want to put his own name on the book so he used Dan Eden and uh, his real name is Gary Vey, V-E-Y, and uh, he has a website, viewzone.com, V-I-E-W-Z-O-N-E.com, if anybody wants to look at it. But this book was a real experience. Matter of fact, he met with a guy involving the U.N. to just basically yep. get permission to go to these sites around the world to look at the petroglyphs and the languages and he began a study on how to, to actually debunk and, and translate what he called Ogam, O-G-A-M, ancient language. And he said all of these sites talked about something uh, and said and pointed basically, which he titled the book, Evil Fire Made to Burn. And so he was said in the future it was like all of these locations that spoke this language warned of something coming Evil fire made to burn. Yeah, that's a, it's fascinating. I don't know if you ever heard of it, John, but you might want to try and get a copy if you can. I don't know if you can. You still get that, Larry? No, no. I got a copy, and I, I think <laughs> I, I can't remember if you did or not. I think you did, and I then did, suddenly yes. somebody somebody bought all the copies in all the bookstores, and especially wiped out Amazon, and they refused to print it again. It's blacklisted. However, my understanding is if you go to viewzone.com, he has a uh, like a Kindle edition or something up on that website that you can either read or download. Fascinating. Um, there's another book also called The Truth, and it's about the uh, Hopi, I believe, and the ant people and how the ant people, uh, we call them greys. They they called them ant people, and how the greys actually cooperated during the flood, and uh, took care of some people down down below, while the tempest was rolling <laughs> on the surface. I mean, there's a lot of stuff, and uh, the Native American folklore is just fascinating about the Star Nations people, and how they're going to return. And even in the X-Files, uh, you find a lot about Native Americans and, and uh, the uh, connection they had with these uh, beings. Now, like John said, who do we know? Do we know exactly who they are? I mean, God has his angels, and Satan has his angels. And, hey, but America's going to be invaded. Yeah, go ahead. I didn't want to interrupt you, but I wanted to inject something there to get your opinion on it. I don't think John ever saw it, but that series by Steven Spielberg, which was actually made or, or produced basically from witness information and Tom Horn and others. And uh, if you've watched that, I think you watched it, the, the movie Taken. It was a series. It was pretty long. Yeah. But, Stuart, it had in there the blonde, the young blonde uh, hybrid that they were creating or working to create. Plus, it had the grays in it, too, and yes. the Native Americans. What was interesting about Taken was it was Nazi to the core. If you really watched that movie, 
and Spielberg did. That was a series called Taken. And if you watched it, the final end result of this inbreeding and hybrid was a blonde, blue-eyed Aryan. And, of course, it goes right back to the Nazis. Uh, And now we're knowing about the Fourth Reich. And like Dr. Sala, he's been following all this. He's right. Barry Rothman's been following it. He's coming up with the Fourth Reich. Uh, If you get the movie Iron Sky, it's really about the Fourth Reich and how they intend to come back and take over the world. (laughs) Folks, we're going to be in for some very, very interesting times. I don't know what else to call it. Uh, What else you got you want to bring up, John? Or Larry. Go ahead, John. What do you got? Um, well, not much. I was just uh, <laughs> enjoying listening to you tonight. And um, <laughs> uh, you were talking about Israel, too, earlier. And um, that's gonna, Israel's a big player in, in Relics 3. And um, it should be out next month, shooting for a mid-September release. And... I'll get it out if I quit having to dig holes here. And I've had a lot of water line <laughs> issues with the dry ground. Larry knows what I'm talking about. Um, yeah, I'm getting to be an expert in replacing uh, busted water pipes in the yard. So uh could use some rain and settle this stuff down and get that book finished. Hey, Stuart. Um, yes, go. Yeah, I wanted to mention when he was talking about Israel, if you'll remember a guy by the name of Barry... Chamish, C-H-A-M-I-S-H, and Barry Chamish, uh, he was really a whistleblower in uh, Israel. He was connected big in Israel. Matter of fact, he liked to get himself killed, releasing a book called Return of the Giants. And in that book, and I've got a copy of Return of the Giants by Barry Chamish. He, he had to flee Israel after he wrote that book, and he came to Florida. And I think uh, Barry Rothman knew him well, and they met and talked a lot. But uh, Barry Chamish had passed away now. But that book, Return of the Giants, was kind of a chronology of the the recent, uh, I guess you could say, uh, sightings and arrivals of some giants in craft, spacecraft, and actually uh, in it it talks yes. about a special meeting between Benjamin Netanyahu. He went to that meet with them, uh, those that had arrived, and, and talked to them. And this was also about the time Stuxnet, if you remember that, came out out of, out of the sky blue, came out of nowhere. It was a very unique, never-been-used-before uh, worm, not worm, it was a... Uh, a uh, Oh, I think, can't think what you call them, but it was a very unique cyber attack. It, it was something fed into the Iranian uh, nuclear system that took them down for about ten years. And, and matter of fact, uh, uh, the guy that uh, I'm trying to McAfee, John McAfee, if you'll remember, he went out and hid around the world during this time. When Stuxnet mm-hmm. came out, John McAfee went to the islands and hid out. And then later, he got out of his company, McAfee, and he said his information was that that whatever this was that had been released into the cyber system could never be followed, could never really be retrieved, and could never be uh, controlled. It was loose, and he was scared to death and wouldn't talk about it. Yeah. I don't know. We're, we're, the cyber warfare 
business and everything is computerized. They're going full digital. They're going to go digital currency, <clears throat> and on and on. I just wanted to read this and get a comment from you guys. Does the Vatican know what is headed towards Earth? And are they preparing to bow before an alien savior? He says here, very soon we will not have to deny our Christian faith, but there is information coming from another world. And once it is confirmed, it is going to require a re-reading of the gospel as we know it. Now, that's exactly what noise from uh, uh, Phoenix Rising says. Isn't that interesting? What do you guys think? Well, I would have to say, uh, if you remember Red Elk, knew Red, you know, even when we talked about No Eyes, we really didn't know her, but Red Elk knew her, was well familiar yeah. with her, and he said she was the real deal. And, Stuart, you've got the book uh, by Mary Summerrain about what No Eyes said, and, boy, she does hit it. Everything she said is coming to pass. But I yeah. just wanted to comment that it's um, it's it, it's absolutely incredible the time frame we're in right now, you know, it's indescribable, but I'd like, I'd like John's take on that. John has left <laughs> well, us one more. You, oh, are you here? No, I'm still okay. here. I'm still here. Okay, um, good. <laughs> I was just being extra quiet, I guess. Um, <laughs> what's that old proverb, may you live in, in interesting times? I, I, think yes. we, uh, I think we got the uh, we got the brass ring on that one. Um, as far as uh, what the Catholic Church knows or doesn't know, um, it, it's hard for me to comment, but um, I don't know what they know or don't know. I'm, I'm, I've never been Catholic, but I do what I read. It seems sometimes you have to wonder um, who, who the Pope is, is serving, and that's, that's, uh, that's my um Opinion only, you know, it's just an opinion, and we all got them. But uh, I could see what you're talking about happening, um, and it, it's not just the Catholic faith. It, it, there's a, a lot of churches, Protestant too, that everybody's kind of getting away from what we're supposed to be concentrating on and, and looking at this other stuff. And and a lot of, now, I know a lot of churches. You know they're not talking about a lot of these things because I think they're afraid to lose their uh, their tax their tax uh, exemption status. You know if you start talking about the wrong thing, they can say, well, you're not a church anymore. You're a political uh, entity, mm-hmm. and we're uh, you're going to have to pay that tax now. So I don't know if they do it on purpose. I don't know if it's the uh, just a I don't want to say dumbing down, but the numbing. Maybe that's the spiritual numbing of the world, you know, it just seems like um, the word and the truth is less important every day yes. and every year, and um, we're, we're, we've just become numb to it. We accept things we shouldn't be accepting, and um, I think it's all part of that. Uh, you know, we're, we're um, I'm not passing judgment on anybody by any means. We're all sinners, you know, we... We all have our problems. We all have our weaknesses. I certainly do, like everybody else. And I have to, uh, you know, I have to, I have to ask for forgiveness constantly. <laughs> you know, I cannot get up 
and perform a perfect day. It just doesn't happen, no matter how hard <laughs> I think I'm going to try. So um, I'm sure not judging anybody. Um, I'm just I'm thinking we're we are being numbed down though, not dumbed down, numbed down. Well, yeah. Stuart, one thing one thing that I can share is I follow a little bit uh, an Italian investigator named Paola Harris, who's connected with deep inside the Catholic Church and also uh, Michael Sala stuff and all this other. And she says that from the Griffith Observatory, where they have the Catholic running it, that uh, those priests are using something called, uh, and I don't, this may be a clue, the Lucifer Telescope, it's infrared that they're watching a planet involved with a destroyer that is inhabited, and uh, there's a lot of UFO activity around this one planet in that entourage of the destroyer. So whatever you want to say. Yeah, I, is that uh, Mount Graham out of Arizona? Yes, yes, yep. I think yeah. it is, isn't it, Larry? Mount Graham? It's, uh, it's. I believe it is. It's, uh, yeah, it's uh, the Graham Observatory. Or Griffith, yeah, Griffith and the Vatican has their own telescope there. Yeah. Yeah, they know yeah. something's coming. Remember Malachi Martin and some of his books. That's we got right. about a minute left, so final words from everybody. What do you think, John? Hey, enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me again. I love coming on this show, and these discussions are awesome. I, I really appreciate you allowing me to share them with you. Well, we appreciate you coming on. It's it's a... Uh, this world is going to get stranger and stranger, so we're going to have to do some paranormal stuff. Um, actually, I started out Night Shadows with more paranormal, but there's so much news out there that people need to know. How about you, Larry? Final words. Oh, I just enjoyed the roundtable. I think it was really good, and I, I just hope everybody enjoyed it. It's uh, To me, it was a blessing tonight for this show. Well, we appreciate everybody listening. We hope you take some of this to heart. And thank you, John. Thank you, Larry, for coming on. And uh, thank you, Stuart. Lord willing, we will be back on. Thanks a lot. Good night, folks. Good night. Good night. Yep. See you later. Bye-bye. See you later.